0: Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church, or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com.
1: This morning, hallelujah. Amen. We want to take a moment and just welcome everybody that's here today. God bless you. Thank you for coming and being in our service today. We also want to Thank everybody that's joining us online. We are very glad that you're here today watching online. We want to release the youth, uh, junior high, high school age students. You can go to the back and then out to the youth room, and uh, they got a service for you out there. Real quick, uh, just a couple things before we get into our message. I just want to uh, uh, share with everybody, uh, we did our first Bible study last Wednesday on Holy Spirit, and we had a great time. Amen. Amen. And uh, so we appreciate everybody that came, and, and uh, uh, please do not think by any means that, well, I missed the first one, I can't come to the next one. Please come. Uh, it, it will, no matter where you show up in, the, in this, it will be a help to you and it will be uh, uh, great information for your life. Also, I want to uh, just again um, uh, underscore our missions uh, brochure. We are a, a very mission-driven church. Um, Both Pastor Alex and Pastor Harry have been, they have lived on the mission field, they have been missionaries uh, in Africa, Uh, they have also uh, traveled the world extensively preaching around the world. Harry, uh, the last time I was talking to him, Pastor Harry, I think he's been in like 57 or 60 countries preaching the gospel. And so the, the reality is this church has deep, deep, deep roots in missions. Amen. And so what we've done is we've put this brochure together to show you who we are currently supporting. And some of these folks, um, uh, the, the, the mission that's happening, uh, you know, Pastor Alex Chambaro in Ma- Malawi, uh, it's nothing short of Book of Acts kind of stuff. And you say, what do you mean by that? People being raised from the dead. Uh, healings on, on a level that is outrageous. Uh, Pastor Jack Harris um, if there's ever, when I think of a modern-day apostle, I think of uh, Pastor Jack Harris as a modern-day apostle. This is a man that has gone into multiple countries like Mexico, the Philippines, and now the Middle East and Iraq and Egypt and other Syria, I believe, and, and literally has brought the gospel where there was no gospel. Um, I don't know how many churches, I know uh, in Mexico there's there 's probably thousands of churches now as a result of his efforts. I know in the Philippines, in the fellowship that we associate with there 's I believe the count is somewhere north of three thousand churches uh, because these countries and now uh, the work that 's being done in Iraq and Egypt is outrageous and so uh, the, this is this is who we support, and you know we may from this place we may never. Uh, get our feet on foreign soil, but by supporting these men, when we get to heaven, we have a reward with them. Amen, Amen. Amen. because we invested uh, these men, these women, uh, uh, Pastor Joe and Maggie Delport in South Africa, they don 't just uh, uh, have a church in South Africa, they are actually the uh, district or regional, I should say, leaders over southern. Africa. So, multiple countries. Um, my geography is not that good this morning on the fly, but I know it's South Africa and and uh, Botswana and Namibia and. And phew, Alex is laughing at me, and so I, I wish I would have thought about it, but he several countries, and uh, they're doing a tremendous, tremendous work, hearts for the world uh, they are doing a tremendous humanitarian, along with preaching the gospel, reaching into areas that that probably we would never go, uh, 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 dealing with uh, uh, Stuff that's uh, off the charts, horrific in in our lifestyle, Um, but it's everyday life for them. Uh, Pastor John McGovern with To uh, To the Nations, uh, um, he he is actually the founder of the church in Hong Kong, which now there are churches all over um, Asia as a result of this one church. And also he has had lots of uh, input and um, influence in... uh, European countries and in the Middle East, and then also, of course, Samaritan Aviation and uh, the, the things uh, that they're doing there, uh, rescuing people that have no medical facility and being able to preserve life and, and, and bring uh, a sense of, of, of security uh, to that region of the world, along with absolutely preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so these are just a few of those, uh, and, and you can... If you make a decision, you say, well, what do I do? What is the point of this? If you say, well, I would like to support missions, then all you have to do is in addition to your tithe and offering. And you say, well, why is that? Because if we're short on missions, then the general fund picks up what we've committed. So if everybody goes, ah, we're just going to send it overseas, general fund does it anyway. So help us out, amen? And you can give besides that. And you know what? Not with a church this size, it doesn't have to be large. You don't got to give $1,000 every month. It's just a, you know, $25, $10, $15, whatever. You make a commitment that says every month on the first Sunday of the month, I'm going to send uh, something in. And you can designate it. You can, you can say just for missions, and then we will make sure it goes where it's needed. Or you can designate in one of these areas. Please help us out and, and if there's not an area that we're currently supporting, um, if you have a favorite country, come to me and if we have an outlet that we can uh, uh, send that to, then great, we'll do that. But just picking like throwing a dart at the world, the globe and hitting the country and say, I'm supporting that. It's it's a difficult to us. So then, put that in your uh, check. You know, notate that that on one of these, and that will help us out. Can you say amen to that? Because we want to be faithful to these people. Because, like I said, Pastor Alex and Pastor Harry know what it's like to be on the field, and uh, when when that support check uh, don't come, it, it gets a little nerve wracking. Because I could tell you when you when you step off the plane in Africa, you go, "We ain't in Kansas anymore." Ha. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's different. Been, been there, done that. So, praise God. Isn't God good this morning? Amen. So, if you have your Bibles, turn with me over to the book of John, the book of John, chapter number 8. We're going to be starting and looking at verse number 30, and we'll get to that here in just a moment. Well, as everybody knows and you're aware of, today is 4th of July, and it is the day where we, as a country celebrate our freedom, and rightfully so. Can you say amen? amen? Now the thing I want to say to you is that you, two, you, you don't make the mistake in thinking anything different, but America is the greatest country in the world in a large part because of our freedom. Yes. Yeah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Freedom is a real thing. You say, "Well, I don't know." But wait until freedom is taken away, and you'll understand the power of freedom. Can you say, "Amen"? But freedom today is being challenged. It's being challenged socially. How many know what I'm talking about? We have, we have what's called cancel culture. Amen. Characters on oatmeal boxes are being taken off because, or you know. Aunt Jemima syrup and and all the things. It's canceled. She was a great cook, man. Let's recognize her for who she is and and the quality of of her life. And and on and on. And cancel cultures wanting to rip off our freedoms. Politically, we're seeing freedom be challenged can you say amen why because there's powers that be that want to be in control and let me tell you who the real power is that wants to be in control of this world is the devil can you say amen and he wants to and let mark mark it down the devil is not interested in your money He don't care about your money He doesn't care about your life. He doesn't care about your car, your swimming pool. He don't care about any of that. What he wants is to derail you from any kind of understanding or service in the kingdom of God. And the best and most effective way to do that is to disrupt your freedom. One of the reasons this, this country is so blessed is I believe this country, head and shoulders above any other country, has sent out more missionaries into the world to reach uh, the people of the world for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we do that because we live in a, in a, in a society that is free. Can you say amen? And so politically, there's uh, forces at work that want to shut that freedom down. And there are spiritual forces today that are wanting to shut down our freedom and hold us into a place of bondage. Now the problem with the modern day church and modern Christians is most are being held in bondage and they don't even know it. You know, even though you may have fur-lined handcuffs, they're still handcuffs. I know, it's like, what's he saying? Where are you going? Hey, what are you trying to actually say with all that? I'm saying, they might feel comfortable, but you are still restricted. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And listen, without spiritual freedom, because spiritual freedom is what I want to focus on this morning, and without spiritual freedom, all the others are very short-lived. The moment you lose spiritual freedom every other freedom will go with it. Are you hearing me? Now let's look at our text, John chapter 8, starting in verse 30. Very powerful portion of Scripture. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible, and I'm reading through verse 36. It says, As he said these things, many came to believe in him. The truth will set you free. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed, Him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him and said, We are Abraham's descendants, and we've never been enslaved to anyone. Now, stop right there. They are under the thumb and rule of Rome at this point. This is what I'm talking about. Religious people will declare their freedom while they are completely in bondage. This is the amazing thing. And this is what we as the church have to wake up to. Can you say amen? amen. So they said, we are Abraham's descendants. Hey, we're the children of God. We're, you know, we're the blessed ones and we've never been enslaved to anyone. Yeah, you have. It says, how is it that you say you will, be, you will become Free. Jesus answered and said, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. Now the slave does not remain in the house forever, the son does remain forever. So if the son sets you free, you, uh, you really will be free. Amen. Are you hearing that? What a powerful portion of scripture, and we're, we're going to get into it a little bit, but I, I want to share a story with you. In, in 1863, the Emancipation Proclamation was proclaimed in America, and the words spread quickly over the South, and the headlines in every newspaper read, Slavery legally abolished. The problem was that the great emancipator, or the great, I should say, the great majority of slaves in the South went on living as though there had been no emancipation. They went on living like they had never been set free. In fact... When one Alabama slave was asked what he thought about the great emancipator whose proclamation had gone into effect, he replied, I don't know anything about Abraham Lincoln except to say that they say he set us free. And I don't know nothing about that either. That gets me, man. That gets me. How tragic. A war was being fought A document had been signed. Slaves were legally set free, yet most in that time continued to live out enslaved. Are you hearing me? They had chosen to remain slaves even though they were legally free. Think about that. When you got saved, church, Jesus set you free. What did he say in our text? whom the Son has set free, is what? Free indeed. Even though these people had been emancipated, they kept serving the same master throughout their lives. And so it is with many believers today. They have been set free, they've chosen, but they have chosen to remain enslaved to the same strongholds, to the same problems, to the same sins that have gripped them all of their life. Oh yeah, amen. Come on. Come on. Let that sink in for a moment. See, church, what you have to do, this is what I have to do. I have to stop walking in the luxury of looking at everything that is said as if it is for someone else. And I have to start taking a good look at me. You're, some of you are warming up to it. Some of you are like, well, I'm, I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure if that's applaudable yet. I don't know. Maybe your hands are handcuffed. Let's, let's see how many people's hands are handcuffed. Whoa, yeah. There we go. <laughs> that was inspiration right there, man. That's, that's the kind of stuff you just go, thank you, Jesus, for that little moment. Just that little, like, I always, I love human nature. I love it. I love watching human nature. I, I like how people squirm. It's like, what, 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 what are we clapping about? What? Why, I I didn't know, what did he say, you know? (laughs) If there's anything this morning that we can say with confidence, it's that freedom is the cornerstone in our salvation. Let's look at some verses. In verse 36 of our text, it says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. In 2 Corinthians 3:17 it says now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is he gives freedom. Yeah. Yeah. In Galatians 5:13 it says for you have been called to live in freedom. Not freedom to satisfy your sinful nature, but freedom to serve one another in love. Yeah. Yeah. I love these scriptures. He says you've been called. You've been called to freedom. White-knuckling our way through life, denying the truth about our problems is not freedom. It's slavery. Well, I just don't like talking about my problems. It's slavery. I'm a little embarrassed by that. It's slavery. You know what always amazes me? I'm, I'm always amazed at like, people that have some issues. That What they think is they go... I can fix this problem on my own. It's kind of like the guy that's caught in quicksand. The harder he struggles, the deeper he goes. It's not until something that reaches in from the outside and he takes a hold of it that he's able to be pulled out. But because of pride, we'll talk about that here in a moment, but because of that, oftentimes we resist The very help that God has brought into our lives. Because we deny the reality of our situation. Avoiding the reality of our hurts and our habits and our hang-ups in life is not freedom. It's bondage. And we often excuse it by saying this. This has truth to it, but it can be used against you. Be patient with me. God's not done with me yet. <laughs> so why do you say that? Because oftentimes that is nothing more than code in that I am ignoring what's going on in my life. And so you need to leave me alone. I would rather you said that to me because now I know where you're at. God would rather you say that to him. Leave me alone. I don't want to deal with it. But throwing it on me that i got to be patient while you mess up your life is slavery. <laughs> Ooh, man, I'm not certain. It's, none of that's in the notes. I'm not certain. So as we consider our text this morning, um, we can see that the ideas that Jesus is talking about are massive theological concepts that are illustrated by describing, listen, and I need you to get this, by describing the difference between a son and a slave. Between a son and a slave. Jesus proclaiming freedom, Jesus is proclaiming freedom, not from individual sins or a specific act of disobedience. He's offering freedom from the nature and the very condition That enslaves us all. Are you hearing me? The freedom that Jesus offers is not a political or social system, it's not a religious system. It's a release from the change or from the chains, I should say, that enslaves our soul. The very seat of our emotions and our will and our heart. And He offers. Spiritual sonship in the place of spiritual slavery. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Listen to that again. Spiritual sonship in place of spiritual slavery. Jesus makes one of the most amazing, inspirational claims in all of history. Consider for, the, for a moment the incredible hope that is expressed in the promise that Jesus can and will set you free. Now, unless you have lived a really sheltered life, you have either been enslaved by some difficulty, or you have known loved ones who struggle to break free from spiritual bondages. And these spiritual bondages might be easy to identify. Some of them are. We can see them readily. We can identify addiction and sin and and all these different things. We can see them readily. But some of these chains are more difficult to see. Why? Because they are socially acceptable. Things like fear. Sometimes fear is actually worn like a badge. Or how about something like greed? Greed. Or, or poverty. There, there are certain segments of the church that embrace poverty as if it is spiritual. I hear people say to me all the time, Oh, you know, money is the root of all evil. No, it's not. Money doesn't have nothing to do with it. Money is a tool. That's like saying, you know what, a hammer, it's a bad, it's, it's, the, it's the root, that hammer, that's the root of it. No, it's how you use it. And what's what you think about it? Amen. Amen. How about doubt? Worry? Anger? Legalism? Racism? Amen. Insecurity? Depression? Bitterness? All of these things are socially acceptable. You know why? Because they make sense. If somebody's hurt you and you have the desire for revenge, you could get people on your side. And you could get a lot of people on Facebook on your side. (laughs) Facebook loves a good tale. So why is this dangerous? Because there are spiritual dynamics that are at work that are influencing and looking for a way in. And all you have to do is crack the door a little bit. The Bible says this. In fact, God speaks. I believe he's speaking to Cain. And he's speaking to him and he says, look at Cain, sin is crouched at the door. It's waiting. It's waiting for you to crack it so it can eat you alive. He said, Well, man, what, what's going on? It's why Jesus has given us His righteousness and His power. Because the moment we open the door, we have authority to tread on that, scorp- that serpent and scorpion and take authority over Him, and He will by no means hurt us. But what we have to stop doing is flirting with the world, going, hey, it's going to be okay. It's not if you don't deal with it. That's right. Whatever c- category you classify your sl- slavery, whether it's overt or whether it's covert, the results are the same. And literally what it is, is a failure to experience the abundant life that Jesus promises in him it's literally being set free but walking out and not walking out of the prison cell the door has been open but you choose to stay put in our text Jesus speaks to those living in bondage and he says I offer you freedom and so this morning, I want to do something a little bit different than I normally do. I want, I'm going to ask a couple to come up and share their testimony because they have a testimony of, of real freedom. Because uh, I don't want this just to be about some sort of theological or intellectual thought. I want you to understand this. This really happens. And so I'm going to ask if, if Gabriel and Katie Brown would come up. And they're going to take a moment and just share with you. Let's give them a hand as they come up. And they're going to share their testimony
2: with you. Good morning, New Life Church. Uh, One, let me just say we're really excited to share our testimony. A little bit nervous, too. Uh, I apologize. I don't like to stick really close to my notes, but it's going to help me from becoming an emotional wreck uh, during this. So uh, this is just kind of a real brief, uh, a abridged version of our testimony. Uh, there's a lot more to it, but I'm trying to keep this, you know, in, in the time limit too. So, uh, one of the reasons I like to share our testimony is in Revelation uh, verse uh, chapter 12, verse 11. It tells us that Satan is defeated by the blood of the Lamb and by the testimonies of believers. Uh, and in that context of that Revelation 12, it's talking about the final battle with Satan. And I think it's really important that it says that. Uh, Not only is it the blood of the lamb, but it's also by our testimonies. If we just hang on to our testimonies, then we're really robbing them of that power uh, that God's given them. So, uh, jumping into it, Katie and I have been saved for a little over uh, four years now. Uh, We've been attending New Life Church all during that time. Uh, Before we were saved, you know, we had a a good life by the world standards. You know, really, it, it seemed on the outside like everything was really good. Uh, We met in 2005. I was a young soldier in the Army. Uh, Katie was a student going to school at NAU at the time. And we met, we fell in love immediately, Uh, we got engaged very quickly, we spent several years engaged, and then we finally got married in 2009. So a little bit about Katie. Uh, She wasn't saved. She lived a really good life. You know, she's always been just a really good person morally. I mean, she just always made the right decisions. Uh, But she didn't believe in God. Uh, She kind of, her goals in life, she wanted to have money. She wanted a a good life, uh, a nice house. You know, she wanted to live comfortably, uh, which is, you know, pretty basic. You know, most people can relate with that. Uh, She graduated from University of Arizona with her doctorate in audiology. Uh, She got hired at the hospital here in 2010 uh, as an audiologist. She was very successful at that time. Uh, we were married then. We bought a new house in 2011, brand new home. Uh, everything really appeared to be going great for us. Uh, we were starting a new family. We had um, two young boys, um, and it seemed, again, like everything was good. little about me, I'm kind of the, the embodiment of the prodigal son. Uh, I was raised Christian. Uh, I was really strong Christian in, in my teenage years, but I didn't really understand what it meant to have relationship with God. It was all about Religious tradition for me, uh, but I did know God. I had received God as my Savior, but then I kind of fell away from all that in my teenage years. I went into the army uh, when I was nineteen. Um, an Army veteran for I was in there for four years active duty. Uh, I was explosive ordnance disposal, or a bomb tech, for layman's terms. Uh, deployed to Iraq one time. When I got out of the army, and right after we got married, at the same time Katie got her job at the hospital, I got hired on. At Kingman Police Department, uh, that was in 2010, and that was my dream job. I always wanted to be both a soldier and a police officer. You know, I thought that those would be um, those would be the the fulfillments of my life. I was all about duty and honor, and I wanted to serve my country and my community. Uh, and so I thought, man, here I have it all. I became a bomb tech for the police department. Uh, I was a good police officer. You know, I was officer of the year one year. I had a lot of commendations, a lot of awards. But again, everything appeared like it was really good, but I was just a mess behind the scenes. Uh, and in reality, our lives and our marriage, they weren't really what they seemed. So again, while Katie was, was a good person, she was lacking the, the fulfillment in her life, you know, that money and possessions just couldn't fill, but she didn't really even know that at the time. And then I was just wrapped up in a life of sin that I was kind of hiding from everyone. Um, And I wasn't allowing it, I was allowing that to control my personal life. I was a slave to sin, as Pastor Poole said. Uh, I really was. I had multiple addictions, uh, including alcohol, pornography, um, among other things. And I was really using those as coping mechanisms for the things that I'd kind of experienced in my life up to that point. Uh, You know, as a soldier and in law enforcement. I experienced all kinds of evil, violence. Uh, I saw death, abuse, hatred, evil—just a lot of stuff that I can't even really describe. And it created a lot of trauma in my life, uh, and it was trauma that was it was weighing on me, you know, my mental, emotional, and spiritual lives. But really, I was just in denial about it all. I, I didn't uh, I didn't acknowledge it. You know, I always thought uh, trauma, you know, PTSD—that's for everybody else. That's that's not me. Uh, My mom passed away very unexpectedly in 2012. Uh, That was a very rough time in my life, both of our lives. Um, But she had made me her living proxy, which meant that uh, when she passed away, I had to make the decision to take her off life support. Sorry. I knew that would be the toughest point for me. Um, But that kind of just wrecked me. So... Through all that, uh, I just continued to turn to sin, to cope. Um, I just continued to live in slavery, and really, that's how I dealt with things. So, in the end, well, not in the end, but eventually, uh, Katie learned about all the stuff that I was trying to hide. She learned about some of the stuff that I was doing, uh, the sin I was involved in. Everything for her kind of crumbled. You know, it seemed like we had this good life, and now it just kind of crumbled down around her. Uh, Her marriage wasn't what it seemed. The life that she'd worked so hard for wasn't what it seemed. And really, I wounded her uh, as deeply and traumatized her as deeply as I'd experienced, just in different ways. So we, at that point, we went to several secular counselors. You know, we went to marriage counselors. We tried to fix things, if you will, but we tried to do it on our own. Uh, we really just tried to to push through it, and we've, we've got this, and of course we didn't. Uh, for years, you know, we just ended up in this cycle up and down where I would just uh, relapse back into sin, try to hide it, it'd get found out, and we were just on this roller coaster of of ups and downs in our lives. So really our lives were in ruin at that point, point. we didn't have anywhere else to turn. And that's when we turned to New Life Church. Uh, we found Pastor Poole. And he began counseling us, um, both John and Kathy Poole. They began to mentor us uh, in our spiritual lives. We got saved through that process. Uh, We received God as our Lord and Savior. And really, God's blessings, they were abundant, and they were evident, and they were just immediate. You know, we saw all this change in our lives. But I was still struggling. Uh, Inside, I still hadn't surrendered everything to God. And so I was still struggling with sin. Uh, even though I had a heart that was on fire for God, uh, I was still falling into those old habits, just like Pastor Poole talked about. And uh, one thing that he mentioned during the, the Father's Day service, you know, was these. He was speaking about the men of valor, uh, and he talked about people that are in the, the valley of decision, and that's kind of where I found myself. I had one foot in the grave, you know, and one foot out of the grave, and I was just trying to still make things work my way, not God's way. i had even at that time started taking college classes. I was studying uh, Christian studies, uh, which I graduated uh, with a degree in Christian studies. But at the time, you know, I I was doing great in the program, uh, excelling even at these uh, Christian studies college-level classes. But all that information was up here in my head. I couldn't figure out a way to get it to my heart, and I just wasn't living it completely. And I think there's kind of a a common misperception, you know, that when we get saved— everything's just instantly better. And I'm not saying that that can't be the case. That can be the case, because God can do anything. But in a lot of times, a lot of experiences, and and my personal experience, God wants us to partner with him, and we have to surrender things to him. Uh, And and it's a a process of of months, years of submission to God, and pursuing his will in your life uh, before you get that that complete healing. Uh, In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. So we we a lot of times stop there, but what it says in verse seven is really important. It goes on to say, "Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil." Uh, in the Amplified version of that uh, verse seven, it says, "Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord with reverent awe and obedience, and turn entirely away from evil." So I I understood verses 5 through 6, but I wasn't living verse 7, and that's what I was really missing in my life. Uh, I loved God. I wanted to deepen my relationship with God, but I was still holding on to all my past hurt, uh, my past habits, my past sins, and I just allowed myself to, again, ride this roller coaster of uh, spiritual healthiness and unhealthiness that was really created by my own lack of submission to God. Uh, so this led to me kind of dealing the the final blow to my marriage, this was toward the end of last year. Uh, I'm not going to go into details about the situation, but I was out of the house, uh, I was living in an apartment on my own, uh, I was separated from my family, and we had even started the process of divorce. Uh, that's how dark things were. Uh, and that was the bleakest point of, of my personal life. Um, my initial reaction to it all was just to turn away from god even more and, and just take comfort in old things like drinking uh, i went back to that and i had some of the darkest depression i've ever experienced uh, i wrestled with thoughts of suicide um, all kinds of stuff i just wanted that depression to end um, but katie you know she she's always been my best friend uh, through all of this and even in that moment even when things were ending, she didn't give up on me. Uh, She continued to pray for me constantly. Uh, She continued to just seek God to break through in my life. And uh, John and Kathy Poole also, they never gave up on me. They continued to pray. Uh, They continued to counsel me, uh, even as there there were some difficult counseling moments there. Uh, uh, Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, But Pastor Poole, he he can take anything. Uh, and I thank you for that. And I'm convinced that, that hell believed it struck the final blow uh, in my marriage and then even possibly in my life. But then truly a miracle happened. Uh, God broke through my walls. Uh, he He was able to break through to me and really show me that I'd been living a life that was just all about selfish pride. Uh, and it was a refusal to submit to him completely. Uh, up till that point, I could never see how selfish I was. I, I never really recognized it. And then Everybody else could see it, but I was blind to it, and then the, flip, uh, the switch flipped, and, and there I was, and I realized, man, I'm really selfish and prideful, and so I turned everything over to God. Uh, I resolved at that point, you know, I was going to do what I could to repair my relationship with Katie, uh, even though the divorce process was still going. Uh, I said, you know what, I'm just going to seek God in this, and I'm going to let him um, have control. And uh, I thought it would take years for there to be healing between us, but uh, God can do anything. You know, we sing about it, we talk about it, but God can truly fix anything. He can fix the most hopeless of situations. Uh, So he also broke through the things in Katie's life that that were a result of what I'd done, all that trauma and all that pain. He broke through all that, and he gave her a spirit of forgiveness and of grace. Um, Just a miraculous uh, outpouring in her life that... It was crazy to see because I did not expect it. Uh, And the result was a restoration of health to both of our lives. Um, I've been sober since February, uh, and God's helped us overcome all the hurt and destruction in our lives. Thank you. Um, And he's really helped Katie and me heal through all that. He's restored our marriage. He's restored our family. Uh, I'm now back in the home that, that I thought I lost forever. And even best case scenario, I thought would take me years to get back. So I just want to say that God is faithful to restore what's been broken and destroyed through years of sin. He is truly the God of love, restoration, and hope. Uh, and, and again, he is capable of healing anything because uh, we were pretty hopeless. <laughs> our, our marriage was pretty hopeless, but it, it's restored. And restored better than what it was. And so the biggest lesson that I learned in all of that uh, and experiencing the full power of God in my life was that I needed to submit everything to him completely and turn away from sin completely, just like it says in Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. Um, in my experience, it's not a unique one. Our, our experience is not a unique one. The details might be different than yours. They might be different than, than other believers' testimonies. But through it all, the message is the same, is that God is faithful and God is capable of restoring anyone and anything, no matter how lost and hopeless it might seem. So since this is a freedom message, I know uh, the scripture's already been mentioned, uh, but I really thought it was important. Is Second Corinthians 3, verse 17. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And that freedom is available to anyone who would receive Jesus Christ and surrender their lives to God.
1: (laughs) Hallelujah. Great job. Amen. You know, I'm not going to do a whole lot more uh, (laughs) because that's the message right there. I will say this to you. um, It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what's going on. If you'll surrender it to Jesus, Jesus will set you free. He will. There might be some bumps in the road. Lord knows there was bumps in the road with Gable and Katie. There was days when it was dark. (laughs) But you know what? It was a constant message. Jesus is able. Not only is he able, he wants to. And you know, I don't know who may be in this room today, or maybe you're online, watching online, or maybe you will watch this later on, and you're going, you know what? This is the end for me. I can guarantee you this is not the end. The Bible says as long as you draw breath in your lungs, there is hope for you. Yeah. God is well able. Well able. I don't always understand every little thing, why things happen. And you know people ask me questions, why is this? I, sometimes I don't know. But I know who. And that's really all that matters. So you know what I want to do right now is I want to take a moment. And would everybody bow your head with me right now? And if you're watching online, just take a moment and just out of respect for all that's going on, just bow your head with me. And I want you to think for a moment. Is there anything in your life, whether it be minor or whether it be major, that's holding you back, that has got you stymied, that is hindering you, that maybe there's a, there's a, a thought that keeps going through your mind that you're no good, or that you're a failure, or maybe there's worry, or maybe there's fear, or maybe there is depression, or maybe there's some sort of bitterness. Maybe, maybe at some point in your life, somebody has hurt you, abandoned you, neglected you, abused you. Maybe they said some things. I, you know, the list of things that can damage us and hinder our lives is long. And there's no way that I could list and speak every one of those things. So I'm asking right now that you just take a moment and allow Holy Spirit to shine the light of God upon your heart. And if there is something there, I'm asking that you acknowledge it. And what I want to do right now, every head is bowed, every eye is closed, and if you're in the room and you're saying, you know what, I have identified something, The, the light of the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon me and I can see it maybe it is minor maybe it's, it's, it's little maybe it's major size don't matter but you say you know what I, I want to acknowledge right now before God that I see it and I want to surrender it remember what Gabriel said in his testimony when I finally surrendered it all when I gave it all up that's when the healing came. See, God cannot fix what you will not give him. And if you don't give him all the pieces, then he, won't, he can't fix it. And so if you're in this room and you say, okay, that's me, I, I found something, would you lift your hand up all across this place? Amen, many, 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 many hands, thank you. If you're online, you can just put a smiley face or, or a heart or whatever in the comment section and say, you know what, this is my acknowledgement. God knows. God knows. And so I want to pray right now. I'm going to pray a prayer that I want you to repeat, all of us. If you're at home, repeat this out loud. I want you to say these words, this whole congregation. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you now, and I surrender. This thing that you have shown me, I give it all to you. I surrender it and even if later on I pick it back up I'll give it back to you and I ask you father to heal me and to set me free I receive your freedom in place of my slavery I am your child and I am no longer a slave to sin or hurt In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I want to do one other thing, and I know that this is, I'm taking a little bit of time. We're going to get out of here real early, so I I want every head bowed and every eye closed again, just for a moment. I, I just want this to be a moment where we're not worried about what other people are thinking. And if you're in the room today, if you're in this place, or if you're watching online and, and you don't know Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you came uh, by invitation or you just happened to come or, or whatever it is. You're here today. And, or maybe you've been coming for a while, but you don't know Jesus as your Savior. And, and as you listen to the testimony of Gabriel and Katie and you listen to what God did, you say, man, I want that. I want to be free. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that's you today, would you lift your hand all across this place? Lift it up. Thank you. I see that hand. I see that one. Others, you could put it down. Others, amen. Would you all pray with me? In fact, let's just have all the church pray just so no one is singled out. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you and I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I give it all to you and I surrender it all. I receive your life and your salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you've prayed that prayer before, maybe you're online and you've prayed that before, maybe whatever it is, let us know. Let somebody know. If you see somebody walking around with a a tag that says volunteer, walk up to them and say, hey, you know what? Um, um, I just gave my life to Jesus. Or we're here in a minute. We're going to, as we close the service, uh, my son, Andrew, is going to come up and close the service, but what we're going to have is the, the uh, uh, ministry team, our prayer team, come up. If you gave your life to Jesus, come up and let one of them know and let them pray with you again, and we'll help you. If, you, if you're online and you, you did that, just put a note in the comment section. Let us know, and we'll uh, do our very best to respond to you and help you and, and encourage you. Isn't Jesus good today? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I just, uh, let, just before we go, we're going to release you here in just a second. Andy, uh, come on up real quick. Um, before we go, before Andy takes over and, 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 and ends the service, I just want to say I am so proud of you guys. I am so proud of you. Let's give them a big hand. Hallelujah. Amen. It has not been easy. Uh, no, pff, the testimony was easy and it and certain that it was hard for them but the the testimony part's easy getting to the testimony was hard difficult and like I said there were ups and downs and back and forth and we worked through it but the good news is I'm willing to work with you if there is a gift I have there's not a lot that I'm really good at but I am really good at being faithful and loyal and I'll stick with you. I've stuck with people that I probably should have left a long time ago. But you know what? The reality is that's the heart of Jesus. See, that's what I've always wanted. I want the heart of Jesus. Jesus never gives up. Never. He just doesn't. I mean, you, you can walk away from him and you can drag his name through the mud and you show back up and he's like a He's like a puppy. You ever notice how you can be mean to a puppy, but the puppy's glad to see you the next time you come home? He, he just is that way. He's forgiving. He's, he's gracious, and he loves you. And this idea that God's in heaven mad has got to end. He's not mad. He's madly in love with you. Okay? And so I'm proud of you guys. You did a great job, great testimony. Amen. And and we're looking forward to hearing more and more testimonies of the goodness of God. Can you say amen to that? Praise God. Andy, take over.
0: Amen. We're going to close our service this morning. We just want to remind you, on your way out, we have all of our flyers, our weekly, our missions bulletin. Please feel free to grab those. Uh, uh, Howie and Tony and Kelly are going to be out in the lobby for the financial peace and the readiness of Ria. If you have any questions, pl- please ask them. We're going to close in prayer and let you guys go. Have a uh, We're going to have a great 4th of July. Wear sunscreen. This, this can be, it's not going to be too hot, but just still wear sunscreen. Father God, we just thank you for this place. We thank you for what you're doing, God. We thank you for the power of our testimony, God. We, we thank you for the fact that we are free, Lord. But God, more importantly, God, you, you don't want the freedom to stop with us. God, you don't want us to just, you you don't want us just to remain free, God, but you want us to be agents of freedom, to be the ones to share our testimony and help those that are still in bondage be set free, Lord. So give us opportunities. Give us chances to be able to share our testimony and share what God has done in our life. That way we can be the catalyst for freedom in someone else's life. God, just love us, protect us as we go, and we give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Our ministry team is going to come up. Feel free. If you gave your life to Jesus for the first time, please come on up. Talk with them. They want to hear about that. We love you guys. Have a great 4th of July. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.